My name is William Corliss and this is the Workplace Podcast. Brought to you in association with Yellowwood, providers of executive coaching, corporate training and facilitation. Your external learning and development partner. Each week we focus on a different aspect of the workplace. We hear from guest speakers who will be subject matter experts, who I believe are incredibly talented at what they do. These experts will give you a different perspective and insight to work life, with the aim of empowering you to take a different path to success in all aspects of work life. These perspectives will include career and personal success, leadership, high performance teams, and creating a better work life culture in your organization. Yellowwood, take a different path to success with your career, team, and organization. Our topic for this episode is executive presence. My guest is a colleague of mine. We have collaborated in the past on leadership development programs, and I think very highly of her. Paula Mullen is an executive and communications coach specializing in executive presence. She is one of a small number of Irish coaches accredited to deliver the Bates Executive Presence Index Assessment. This science-based 360 measures executive presence. It can provide invaluable insights for those at senior and leadership level. Paula has 20 years experience in communications and coaching. She works with multinational and Irish companies, including Glambia, CRH, Hollister, Cartroller, EY, AON, and Facebook. With a BA Honours in Psychology and Sociology from Queen's University, Belfast, Paula has qualifications in executive coaching, communications, training, cognitive behavioural therapy, and public relations. So Paula, welcome to the show. Delighted to have you. Delighted to be here. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, William. How are you? Really good, really good. Paula, um, the reason I had you on the show is because I remember working on a leadership development program with you and I was so impressed how you addressed uh, a group. So I'm really curious about executive presence. What is executive presence? Yes, this elusive term, executive presence, that's gaining popularity by the, the, the month really at the moment. The executive presence, most people, William, associate it with things like gravitas, confidence, charisma, these kinds of words. And for years, I worked with or people in organizations and they would say, look, I'd like you to coach this particular person, he or she, they're technically brilliant to what they do, but they're lacking this presence. But nobody could actually define what they meant when they said it. And so for me, I knew that I had a responsibility to my clients to help them understand more about it. I looked here in Ireland, I looked to the UK, I couldn't find anybody who really had carried out the research and had looked at this extensively until I came across a company called Bates Communications in Boston. So I traveled over to gain all their wisdom. And I learned about the the tool that you've mentioned in the intro. And what it does is it explains that, and if I just give you the definition as they yeah. explain it. So executive presence is a leader's ability to engage, inspire, align, and move people to act. Right? we hear these terms, don't we? And they can seem a little bit mm. loftier. But if you think, and particularly, William, at this time, when leaders really need to be working in this virtual world, they really need to think about how engaged are their people 
are they inspired to get up every day in their own homes and really, you know, motivated to deliver what's required? But this concept as well, is everybody aligned? Is everybody clear on what they're all working on? And then do they do it? So that's what executive presence is about. It's a leader's ability to achieve that. Does that, does that make sense as I've said? I, I think that's, that's brilliant, you know. And, and for me then, you know, who are the type of people that normally would contact you then, you know, in, in, to engage in your services? They, I, as, as mentioned in the intro, I work predominantly with multinational organizations and I work with senior executives um, who really have got to a point in their career whereby they have all of the technical knowledge, they have all, they have a grasp of, you know, their particular functional area. And really, it's not about that anymore, as you and I know in the work that we do, you know, the what yeah. you know, got you here won't get you there content. And so, that's when senior leaders approach me to say, help me understand how I can improve my level of presence and impact. And so the model that I was mentioning, the XPI, there's a 360 tool that helps leaders then delve down into very specific behaviors so they can break that down a little bit further. And if I explain what that means, we look at character, substance and style of a leader. So if I think about some of the companies that I work with yeah um, like for example you know um, working with a particular law firm and 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 as you can imagine presence is pretty important in their world mm-hmm. and and um, so their leaders go through the XPI process and they learn about character so they learn about how much trust they build both with their clients and internally they learn about substance how do they build credibility as a, as a lawyer it's pretty important to have the um the substance there in terms of their practical wisdom and their knowledge. And then we look at style. Well, that's all great. You can be trustworthy. You can have credibility. But how do you motivate people to take action? So we explore that. So that they're the types of people that we that I work with on a regular basis. And I'm really curious because, you know, I'm, I'm qualified in a number of uh, instruments in terms of psychometrics. So mm-hmm. the 360 then, how does it work? Is it do p- other people rate you or you rated yourself? You know, tell yeah. me more. Yeah, you and I would know lots about the, the various different tools that are out there. And yeah, this one, it's you, you self-assess and then you invite your colleagues. And it really ranges. I would encourage people to spread the net quite far to get a real range of perspectives and um, so they'll ask their their and um, the person they report into but they might have several other senior stakeholders too that they want to get their perspective from they'll ask their peers they'll ask their the people that report into them and you know what they end up with is a pretty robust almost 42 three pages of wow of data and data and then the qualitative commentary and you know the color that brings a lot of this content to life and so the brilliant thing about it is, and as you know, I, I don't know how you find or what your experience is like with using some of these tools. They only matter when they provide us with direction on a clear plan of what we do about these things. They're not there as a, well, it wasn't that fun or wasn't that interesting. And I know I've, I've been there before where people have a tendency to want to look at these things and then just put them in a drawer and treat them like, that. well, that was interesting for that day. When I work with people with the XPI model, 
it's a live document. We're working with it all of the time. We're, it's like a treasure trove of new insights that we're delving into to find out a little bit more each time. And recognizing that, um, for example, there's, will I give you a little bit more? Oh, oh, please do. Detail? Yeah, yeah. I think you'll, you'll relate to this because I'm sure you've worked with many leaders in, in this space. So one of the interesting relationships in the character dimension is all about the balance or the relationship between authenticity and restraint. I love that. Okay, yeah. tell me more. And, you know, it's funny because this whole authentic leadership, it's, you know, and authenticity. And I mean, it's really is the hottest topic you hear people talk about. But what I particularly like about this is it describes authenticity in the context of how people demonstrate it. So they say things like if you're demonstrating high authenticity, you're letting people in on who you are. You're letting them know who you are beyond the job. You know, let them in a little bit about your family life. Do you tell stories? about things that are meaningful to you yeah and do you let people know what you're thinking okay so that's so you know I remember working with this leader at one time and uh, he had scored really high on all of those areas of authenticity so everybody knew where they stood with this individual everybody knew um who he was you felt Mm. like you understood him the same individual scored really low in restraint and restraint is that uh you heard it described in many different ways I'm sure but restraint in the base model is the ability to manage your emotional reaction to things and I remember this particular individual because he stands out in my mind that he he was working on restraint I had he'd got the feedback I was coming to meet this person for his second coaching session and when I went to meet with him we were walking through an open plan office heading towards his office for the coaching session and as we were walking through you know I asked him how he was the general chit chat that you have walking through yeah. you know and he said to me Paula this place is a madhouse at the top of his voice William there aren't enough <laughs> hours in the day there aren't enough days in the week this place is crazy and it was fine and we walk in <clears throat> excuse me into his office and I, I said to him so how's it going with practice and restraint? How are you? And he said, it's going well. It's going well. And I said, what just happened out there? And because why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this, William, because presence is about how you show up day to day. And all of those little moments when you don't think people are watching. And that to me is fascinating from a leader's perspective. Once they have that level of responsibility, eyes are on them. And that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect all of the time or anything like that, but we yeah. have to be mindful. You know, I don't know. Have you found that yourself? Um, you know, what, what yeah. have you noticed? Like it's a bit that whole thing about the Jahari window, the people have blind spots, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm you know, it, it sometimes is, it's the person who's delivering the message. Do you have credibility? And I think that's what's mm-hmm. the great thing about this um Bates uh, model is that you have the 360 you know so people are giving you the real version of you that mirror has been held up to you I really like that yeah. you know and, yeah. and and that's what I'd like to, to to know more is when you're choosing a raider then is do you choose people who are similar to you like what advice do you give to people so you don't have you know fall into that 
you know, blind yeah. spot piece? Because Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good question because the thing is, what I notice is people's first, the, the starting point when she's in Raiders, they think of the very obvious people that spring to mind. And a bit yeah, like yeah. you said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll ask William because he might be nice to me and he might tell me yeah. things that I like to hear. And I might not ask yeah. John over here because he'll, I didn't have a great day with him. So, mm. and, and what I encourage people to do, first of all, is with the person they report into to really sit down and have a very meaningful conversation with them around who they feel it would be valuable. And I remember one individual, he'd started off with his list and it was quite narrow. He spoke with his his manager. She broadened out the network for him and he learned more about how he was viewed. And it actually created, it was really interesting because what it did was it created additional relationships for him with it opened up almost a place to have a conversation with people that he might not typically and you know and it forced them to stop and think about him and the impact he was having on the business so it really so before the 360 was even complete yeah. it had it had achieved um, a level of um, level of success or engagement for him even in doing it in itself that seems like a brilliant intervention because I sometimes as coaches if it's left to you to have that meaningful conversation. I don't think it carries as much weight as the people that are around you all the time, every day, because we we're only we can only comment on what we see and what's presented yeah. to us or what's yeah. offered to us. So I think that's the the beauty about a psychometric, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's another part that you've really even reminded me of in this moment is the fact that in certain programs where I run the XPI, the Bates XPI, I will invite at a certain point, once the person has got their feedback, I will, with their permission, obviously, and with agreement and all decided beforehand, invite their manager to join even one of the coaching sessions, be it for, if we have a night to a session for 30 minutes. And, and what it does is it encourages them to share their report with their manager to create a dialogue even in advance. And then we meet um, and have that open conversation to make sure that the priority areas are the right priority areas in alignment yeah. with what the business wants. Because you can get yeah. that 360 and you can think, well, this is really interesting and this is really interesting, but how does it align with your strategic priorities? And so that's a big part of the process as well. Yeah, yeah I, I would really broadly agree with that because I really like when you have the key stakeholders in the room and, you know, they really have the positive intention there for you to develop your career for you to develop your style and in this case your executive presence and you you know then you have the other you know kind of cohort of people who this whole notion of authenticity and vulnerability they're just allergic to it like how do you how do you win these people over because I know for myself it just takes that time for them to feel safe with you like how do you have those conversations Mm -hmm. with people yeah, it's, <laughs> I love the way you say, it, you know, how do you win them over? And I think everybody has to have that, first of all, curiosity. And sometimes that's the start, that's just the basic starting point for some people. They've maybe either been asked to do this or or they, they want to do, you know, there's a level of curiosity. So that's a healthy starting point. Yeah. I think, you know, my, as a coach, and, and I, I know this about you in terms of your style as well, 
the relationship and the way you connect really mm. matters. And particularly yeah. as well now in this virtual world where, you know, everything's been reduced to these little boxes that we, we speak to each other in. And to me, one of the things that I believe is important in terms of my own presence is showing up in a way to people that allows them to feel very safe and to feel mm. free from judgment and all of the good stuff that we learn in day one of coaching you know that unconditional positive mm. regard and how we demonstrate that so I believe that creating that and then allowing that person the space to properly explore things that yeah. they don't like to typically talk about you know I had a session just recently and I said oh I'm dreading this you know I have to talk yeah. about myself for the next 90 minutes it's not what we do but yet it can be so powerful when people allow themselves to, to yeah. let the guard down. And then when they get a taste of it, so that's how they're won over, when they get a taste yeah. of it and they realize how beneficial. And that's why I, I don't know about you in terms of supervision or coaching, you know, that's why we have to, we have to work as much on ourselves. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you say that. And I think it's a huge part of our own work as coaches. Is, and that is the work. And that's the work for leaders is, is there's so much on the self because you have to have that balance in terms of leadership, whether it is that balance between, you know, authenticity and restraint and all the other subsets that you were talking about there, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and for me as a coach, it's really about building that rapid rapport. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know and 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 this is you know i i i kind of you know i think it's a big challenge for people you know joining teams now mm -hmm. is how do you develop that rapid rapport over a virtual screen it's a bit yeah. more difficult and i still think it's possible mm -hmm. um and i've been i'm doing a lot of coaching uh lately but you know in terms of that building that rapport especially with new teams now because you were saying about yeah. you know the, the challenges there are people coming to you now with with these challenges due to COVID yeah definitely it's it shows up it shows up every day I think that's maybe the first thing to say and you know the thing that you you know you talk about say, new people joining teams yeah. and, and even as you said that you reminded me of a client that I coached recently and I thought it was brilliant the way he he was talking about onboarding five new people over the last number of months and he said that he first of all that he never thought it could work you know at, you know he never believed it was possible but he then what he said he took each individual and he did all of the prep work to think about who do I need to introduce this person to who do I need to set up those the relationships and and yeah. really thought about it and I love the way he described it because there was planning in it there was thought in it there was consideration as to how you'd introduce and therefore make it very easy for that individual to navigate their way around that business quite quickly you know so that um that that's one piece but the other thing that I don't know are you hearing this on a regular basis but people are missing those little moments of yeah like you know even that uh, we talk about the, the water cooler or the card or conversations but even the lift and the funny thing is now we'll never get into a lift with another person <laughs> exactly <laughs> there's one company I work with and I used to go from you know the on the basement to the seventh floor and I would have so many important little conversations just from the basement to seven floors later and they don't happen anymore yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it is, but I'm really hopeful and that, that it's possible to overcome it. And I think even probably similar to yourself, you know, there's so many people that I have never met in person now that I'm coaching and we're having very deep coaching conversations. If, if I couldn't, if we couldn't build that connection or that trust in this way, then, yeah. then we couldn't actually do the work we do. So if we can do yeah. it, I, I have a lot of hope for other people in their organizations. Yeah, and, and that reminds me of an example. I, I worked with a group uh, lately and um, we're doing a, a, a course over on leadership and uh, motivation, okay? And they were all part of the one company and they, they, they said, you know, towards the end of the second day, they said, do you know what the best thing about this was is that we provided that platform to have real quality conversations because even sometimes those water cooler moments aren't high quality conversations. No, they're good for getting to know, you know, different aspects about somebody, but you know, um, but it's about having those quality conversations to have that, as you say, that depth uh, to them. And I think as coaches, we're versed in that. And sometimes we might remember that, you know, especially in terms of teams, because we tend to work on in, in a solo basis. And I think that what's really important um, out the, about these series of podcasts I'm, I'm getting um, and to produce is that I'm getting to reconnect with people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about creating that space for people in their own work environment is, is how you create that space to introduce someone new how do you create that space to really understand what's going on for the other person and in my work in terms of conflict as a mediator as a coach Mm -hmm. I just think it's about creating that space you Mm -hmm. know and Mm -hmm. coaching is a platform for us training or facilitation is another is there any other ways that people create that space do you think Paula yeah I think yeah you've really tapped into what has been nearly a theme that I've and very much linked to the world of executive presence but you've tapped into that the need for meaningful conversations and Mm. you know so as you say we create environments to to do that really all the conversations we have have to be meaningful in the work that we do and but I'm running a program with a company at the moment and it's called the the coaching leader program and it is all really about inviting leaders and senior managers within this organization to realize that those those little moments can be made more meaningful when they show up in a certain way and when they think about their own level of presence in that so even basic things like you know are they fully present for the conversation so I often point out the fact we're talking about executive presence what's the most critical thing when it comes to executive presence but to be present in the moment to be fully there in the moment Mm -hmm. and the difference you know so even if it's a five minute engagement that is focused and it's paying attention you know only recently enough a leader said to me that you know working with a particular a particular individual in his team that he has a tendency she talks a lot and he has a tendency to not listen he just knows that he hasn't Mm -hmm. heard what she said and he was being very honest with me in admitting that so why am I talking about that I think I don't think we need to complicate the platforms for it or make it any, you know, I think this is about good old fashioned paying attention to each other and really listening to each other and stepping into each other's shoes 
and also asking people how are they really because I don't know about you William but I have noticed and I've done this myself we've all developed stock answers to how are you dealing with COVID yeah we've got stock answers that we are using and I hear and see them and and now they may be very true and they may be very real but the stock answer you had four months ago shouldn't be the same you know no and I think so something as simple as that to really stop and ask leaders or ask each other how are you now how are you really how are you today because today probably feels very different than two weeks ago for you and that in itself can be really meaningful I and I think there's a there's an element there of those stock answers like I know for myself, if I use them, it, it's kind of like a cope mechanism because I don't want to go there. You know, I don't want to show vulnerability or or whatever, you know, and it's it's about that psychological safety and trust. You know, mm-hmm. is this really a space where I can open up or I want to open up? Yeah. You know, and I think that's just the value of coaching sometimes. Is It's just, it allows that kind of, you know, warts and oil conversation to to happen and and to be really meaningful isn't it and it's it's how do you replicate that in the workplace yeah yeah definitely and psychological safety is a topic that's coming up regularly in organizations and again like a lot of these things when I work with people it's around break that down so what responsibility do I have within the organization to make it a more psych not me as coach if I you know thinking about the people I work with what responsibility do they have to make it more psychologically safe and practicing things like the the listening the unconditional positive regard that you can say it and you're going to be okay you can make the mistake and you're going and it's going to be okay and and that we all so it's break that down into very practical ways that people can go about doing that and you know in the if I come back to Bates and the the where that sits in the Bates model under character they talk about the facet of humility and how critical so we talked about authenticity and restraint humility's in there and somebody said to me recently, old school style of management as they know it, you never told somebody you didn't know how to do something because if you don't know how to do it, then why do you expect me to? Yeah. And, you know, and that has changed. That has changed so much. But there's an awful lot of people that, to be fair, their whole belief systems were created in that yeah. way. I need to know. I cannot. I, I look like I'm failing if I don't have the mm. answer. Um, helping people shake that off a little bit, you know, tune yeah. into to Brenny Brown a little bit more <laughs> and all yeah. the great work. Have you daring greatly? Do you? Oh, yeah, I big fans are, of, yeah. of their work and especially that that whole piece of vulnerability in in the workplace like for me I, I um it's it's funny I was celebrating 10 years in business and I was going back Congratulations. um thanks thanks very much Paula and I was going back through my notes in in Harvard a leadership development course that I did there and I remember writing down something that I said in front of the group and I was like there is great power in vulnerability and I had originally studied therapy. And, and for me, when I was going through my own journey of that transformation to kind of to fulfill my own potential, I, I was kind of making myself vulnerable to other people to really understand myself. And 
you know, really trusting in the process they were bringing me on. And I have to say it was very tough. But then I was saying to myself, you know, um, you know, if you go through that journey, that's very brave, you know, and it takes courage to, to do that. And that's what we're doing as coaches is to, to, you know, to be brave. And we ask difficult questions, which is courageous as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and for me, then it's, it's, it's about reframing vulnerability as something that's very brave because you can't have bravery without vulnerability. So, you know, so for me, you know, I, that's the journey that I I hope people start going on, you know, that really depth of quality uh, there, you know, and and, and as I think of that, then are there any role models that people would have, you know, in terms of executive presence? So, because you talk about, restraint and and you know humility and authenticity you know is there any role models that people would have yeah well I mean it's funny it it, the whole concept of it executive presence comes in all different shapes and sizes and all different styles so this this is a topic that kind of I find interesting in that so I as an example of a leader who in particular moments demonstrates I believe to be a wonderful executive presence is Paul Pullman CEO of Unilever and um, but what's interesting is he's Dutch you know and he's very um, understated and he's really high on humility and he talks about the fact that you know to never forget where you come from and to you know remember the number on your door when you grew up and um, and he's but he's very reserved in his style of speaking and and I remember somebody saying, hmm, I don't know, because they didn't see that charisma, that gravitas in the way that they had defined it. So, you know, you think of the, the you know, the Barack Obama, the, mm. the great public speaker, you know, and the yeah. ability or the Michelle Obama with the wonderful ability to connect with people. So role models depend on the elements of executive presence that appeal most to you you know and I think that's could open that could open up a whole other conversation that we could have another time around what that actually means but I you know I ran a program recently and within the group there was a real mix of introverts and extroverts those that Mm. you know that wanted to own the space and those that were very um, reluctant and we talked about I don't know if you've come across Hermione Ibarra's work around the authenticity paradox does this ring okay. any bells no please do but tell me I, more I really would encourage if people haven't come across this I would hugely encourage them to do it she has a TED a brief TED talk and then a great Harvard Business Review article and she talks about the fact that she was a uh, she was a lecturer in a, 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 a particular business school in the States and she said, she describes herself, she was that real academic, real um, introvert. It's all about the doing loads of prep and she would show up into her classroom and it was all detail, detail, detail. And a mentor said to her at the time, this style isn't really going to serve you well, you know, in terms of your future career, you know, you need to own the room, you need to have, you need to tell stories, you need to engage, you need to be, she she said, but that's not me, that is not who I am. And he turned her back, okay, well, let's see how that plays out really in your career, if you're not willing to stretch yourself. And she talks about the fact that she had to make a choice. So is being true to myself, staying within my safe zone, if you know what I mean, and being that introverted academic, 
or do I push myself out and actually develop a new so that paradox of well is it who I am now or is it who I could be and so it's it's fascinating and she's gone on to become and she's a great storyteller now and she's a wonderful speaker now and I can't imagine her to be that introverted academic yeah. you know and so where as I went I know I moved off you asked me about role models and I've moved off into that but I think coming back to this place of at certain times in our career certain things matter more and you know I'm, I'm doing a program myself I'm a participant in a program myself only last Friday I had to you know go through it all you know yeah. <laughs> the emotional really taking myself apart and exploring it and having it challenged and we were exploring this concept of does everybody have this signature presence you know yeah and, um, and the part of the challenge we had to get feedback for not a formal feedback process yeah. you know we had to and we were asked what you know how could we create a sort of a range within our presence and anyway I got a piece of feedback to say and it, you know it really struck me as I was really happy to hear this and somebody talked about that I've got it quite a range so I can be the you know you can hear the northern accent you know I can have that cheeky kind of um fun and you and I've had plenty of crack over the years in various you know over various different programs and and all of that but then I can when the need when the need is there I can really drop into that yeah slower quieter more peaceful space for somebody to get to know who they are and that I can and and so and that can blend I don't know I mean as I'm saying that what are you thinking even about that concept of so 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 that signature presence you know like I was thinking about even my my own what I you know conceive and yours you know I definitely know what your signature presence is I could nearly give you feedback after the the podcast uh, here on that but I think it's it's going back to that whole notion of the flex yeah that you know can you flex into a different style you know this is where Mm -hmm. the value of coaches comes in in terms of limiting the beliefs that we might have Mm -hmm. for ourselves you know that I do authenticity I don't do restraint you know just to use your examples there and for me you know obviously you know I'm a fan of the stretch zone maybe too much sometimes between (laughs) I'll tell you I'm doing a goal you're going are you really going to do that I go yeah I Mark my words, this time next year, wait and you see what I'm doing. And, um, you know, so always follow through. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, and for me, obviously I'm a big believer of of the stretch zone. And I think it's, it's really about understanding yourself in terms of what are those limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to the blind spots we were saying before. Sometimes you need someone just to hold up that mirror to you to say, actually, you know what? Yeah. Let me let me challenge you here a little bit on that. I know, you know, I know. and and yeah. I think that's really important is to have a couple of people in your life that will actually tell you something really meaningful with a positive intention for you to fulfill your potential. And sometimes it's someone who has coaching skills, and sometimes it's a coach, or sometimes it's a leader who just has that executive presence that can go on that journey with you so yeah yeah yeah. and uh yeah I'm a big big believer in that and for for me then I'm thinking about you know for you in terms of memorable clients Mm. right people that you've really made a difference to because this 
whole podcast is about taking a different path to mm. success uh, and for yourselves now you know what's the biggest difference that has been you know that you've seen in people yeah so it's, it's lovely to remember and you know even as you say the words memorable clients funny faces kind of you know move past my my I kind of got an image there of of faces and <laughs> and and you know and also the th- the thought that's coming in in this exact moment is being so mindful of confidentiality and not I was just about to say I was just about to say please do not mention names I certainly uh, th- wouldn't even mention it na- I wouldn't mention names but yeah. I could even find myself before you know because so somebody's really sprung into mind but I'm very mindful of not revealing you know so this particular individual you know works within an organization and like you know when you meet somebody and they like I mean, they do have that star quality. You know, there's a, there's something um really different about mm. them, and and they're almost like they're not fully aware of their greatness. You know, and they're they kind of had jumped to success at a quite a young age, and um had taken on quite a prestigious role within a prestigious UK university, and um. I hope that's not too revealing in itself. But the thing about this person was in working with her and you've hit on it. I really worked with her to help her unearth those limiting beliefs and to see them in a way that she had never seen them before. And, and you know, and I think, I think remember a question you had said to me one time before around what are people surprised about and, and, they're often surprised at how deep we go. Now we're not psycho. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not yeah. working. We're not staying in the past. We're dipping into the past to yeah. um, make sense in the future. And it's always really important to know the boundaries of that. But this individual, she was determined to start to create a new story and to not let mm. those beliefs and and really to step into her greatness. And that might seem quite grandiose to say it, but that's the truth. And 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 she's really in a place now that. Um, it's probably bigger than she could have ever imagined. And that's wonderful. You know, it's just wonderful to mm. see that. And, you know, I, even as I'm talking about it, I can feel that joy when I think about the impact that the coaches had. But the yeah. big thing to point out, she did it. This is it. It wasn't. And I really, you know, somebody said to me recently, oh, I can't wait to see what you're going to do for me. I ain't going to do anything for you, <laughs> you know, you're yeah. going to do it. I'm going to yeah. be with you all along the way. Um, but yeah, so she's, yeah, that's even, it's nice to even think about her. Yeah, I, to be honest, you're bringing back warm feelings for myself because I think that's the best thing about being a coach is you take so much joy out of other people's success, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, uh, and they're doing the work which is even better, you know, and it's just about they have had the conversation with you. They came up with the insights themselves, you know, and this is the whole value of coaching, isn't it? That everybody has the the answer within themselves. They have that greatness within themselves. So we're we're coming near the end, right, Uh, Paula? And, you know, is there any bit of advice you would give to people, you know, any little nugget of advice, what what that might be? Any little nugget of advice? Well, you know, I've given you the Bates definition of executive presence, but let me give the 
something that I think makes it even more real for people. You know, that lovely, famous Maya Angelou quote that, you know, people will forget what you said and they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Mm. And so the nugget of advice would be to encourage people to pause before they have the conversation that they're going to have tomorrow or the conversation they're going to have you know, this afternoon or whenever that might be, and that they pause beforehand to think, how would I like this person to feel after this engagement, after this? How and 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 as a result of that, they really think about how they show up, and that needs thought. And we're the biggest thing, and I definitely know you know this from all of the people you work with as well the pace that people move and even this concept that COVID has slowed some it's slowed some people down but it has actually accelerated and intensified the lives of so many where everything's condensed in this little small space everything happens in it work happens in it life happens in it people need to create that pause for themselves and then their colleagues the people around them will will really feel the benefits that's what I say Thank you so much for sharing that. So, so definitely to to practice the pause to yeah to yeah okay. Pause and think about how you want the other person to feel. Okay, so if people were to contact you then after listening to this podcast, how how might they get in contact with you, Paula? Yeah, yeah. Well, I um yeah, I have my website which is paulamullen.com and that's Mullen with an I and um, Mullen.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and um yeah, so feel free to reach out I'd love to I'm really excited to um hear you know the feedback to the, your overall podcast you know I I knew uh, getting to have a conversation with you is something I love to do anyway so um have other people listen to it is exciting in itself so and that's the whole aim of the show is just to kind of eavesdrop in on the conversation so Paula yeah. thank you so much hopefully we'll get you back again yeah. another time and you'd be welcome to come back thank I you so much thank you and uh, thanks for listening to the podcast today that's it for this episode of the workplace podcast my special thanks to this week's guest for a wonderful discussion if you want to get in contact with the podcast about a workplace topic or a particular challenge that you're facing contact me via Twitter at Different Paths. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, William Corliss, C-O-R-L-E-S-S, or go to my website, www.yellowwood.ie. Yellowwood, your external learning and development partner. Provider executive coaching, facilitation, and training. Take a different path to success with your career, leadership, team, and organization.